You are listening to From the Midwest to the Middle East, the latest on U.S. tax, Israeli economy, and lots of in-between. Interviewing Israeli and international experts. Chicago, Chicago. Welcome to our podcast. I am Philip Stein, president of Philip Stein & Associates. Hi. Welcome to a special version, I'd call it, of my podcast. I'm not going to have a guest today. But I am going to share with you some thoughts that I'm having about what's happened post-election. I wrote to recently to my staff, I've been following elections for many, many years. In fact, my first experience with presidential elections was back in 1960, debating with a neighbor, a young Italian boy whose parents had immigrated from Italy. Uh, he, his parents liked Nixon, my parents liked JFK. Not sure we knew what we were talking about, but we had a lot of fun as we were raking leaves. If I go a few years forward, I, I, I'll take myself to 1968. I remember the day after the election, walking to high school, dark sky, cloudy, fall day in Chicago, uh, thinking what was going to happen to the United States of America with Richard Nixon as president. But as we all know, although four years seems a lot at the beginning, Of the term when we look back it, it goes by quite fast but this is a, a significant election in the sense with the world that I live in at least the tax world and there's really a lot on the table and I can't ever remember a time where a new president or a president who was reelected didn't have a little time to breathe in this period before he started his next term in January Uh, President Obama is going to have to get immediately to work because there are so many things that are about to expire and change with regard to the tax laws. And I want, I want to share with you some of my feelings and, and things that you should be thinking about and keeping your eye on as we go through this uh, the next six weeks and seeing if something really can be done regarding taxes. Uh, I, I think I, obviously everyone is aware of this term fiscal cliff. Fiscal cliff has two aspects to it. One aspect is that uh, the Bush tax cuts will expire, and we'll go over those in a minute, what that really means to all of you. And it also means that uh, because Congress, uh, in one of their compromises, wasn't able to come up with a budget or sufficient budget cuts to balance the budget, then automatic cuts are going to go into effect in 2013, which could, would go across the board, affecting people's uh, perhaps entitlement programs and other offices that the United States government is used to getting a certain level of service. And of course, Obamacare, uh, at least on the paying side, is going to be coming into effect in 2013. So let, let's, let's first take a look a little at the tax rates. If nothing takes, takes place, uh, tax rates are, the top tax rate is going to go up to 39.6%. Uh, the 10% rate, which we've been used to having for many years, is going to be eliminated and will be somewhere between 15 uh, and 396 on the income tax side. That is, if nothing happens, if Congress cannot come to an agreement with Obama or Obama decides that he doesn't have to do anything, tax rates are going up next year. The other thing, I think, for individuals is that, that taxes on capital gains, something that uh, 
all of us are aware of, which for certain people in the 10 or 15 percent tax bracket are actually zero, and 15 percent for anyone above that, those are maximum rates, that we are going to go into a position where those rates go up to 20 percent. Um, now, people in those lower brackets obviously won't have to pay 20, but people in the higher brackets will go up to 20. Those holding assets will revert to a situation if you hold assets more than five years. It will go down or go up to 18, but uh, we are looking at higher tax rates. Now, when I combine that with the Obamacare, uh, tax, which is essentially a Medicare tax, which is important from two aspects. One is that the three—it's a 3.8 tax. It will affect people, single people who earn more than two hundred thousand dollars, married filing jointly who own earn more than two fifty. There will be a, an additional 3.8 percent tax on net investment income, but only that portion that exceeds two hundred or two fifty. Now, what that means is one. If you have a 20% long-term capital gain tax, it will now be 23.8 if you fall into that, those income levels. And two, because it's a Medicare tax, those of us who are used to getting a credit, uh, either from Israel or vice versa, this will not apply because Medicare is not a tax that can be credited, and Israel will not give you a credit for a tax that shows up the me on the Medicare or Social Security line. So that's, that's one important thing, uh, really important, and this may affect, especially one, if you're in a position where you have unrealized capital gains, that you may want to take advantage uh, based on what we know now and not pay more than 15% and not be subject to the uh, Medicare or Obamacare tax, that you may want to take advantage of those gains or sell those stocks take the gains and hold on to this stock because the wash sale rules which limit you when you have a stock that you have a loss on that you can't buy back within 30 days that is not the case for a stock that you have a gain on so you could sell the stock buy it back five minutes later step up your basis uh, this could actually be in a situation where you have capital loss carryovers where you actually will owe no tax for doing that uh, and it may be something worth doing before the end of the year. Let's move on. You know, what will Congress be? As we know, the, the White House is a uh, continuation. Of course, uh, with most second-term presidents, I'm sure we're going to see a new cabinet. Uh, although the Senate did pick up a few seats, it didn't really change anything substantially. And, uh, in other words, they don't have the 60-vote margin to prevent a filibuster, and the Congress is pretty much the same. So we're in a situation where Congress, the House of Representatives, that initiate tax legislation, uh, will have to work with a Senate, uh, which is controlled by the Democrats, and a, and a White House that is Democratic. But there's a lot of things that are not only with the fiscal cliff when they talk about capital gains and, and, and the dividend tax go up and the overall rates going up, is that we're also looking at provisions, provisions that are expiring or provisions that were supposed to be fixed and were not fixed. For example, alternative minimum tax exemptions, which were pretty generous uh, for 2011, uh, we were looking at about fi almost 
50,000 for individuals, almost 75,000 for married couples. Uh, Congress didn't get its act together, and they didn't put a fix in to keep those levels up. So actually at the moment, for 2012, those amounts have reverted uh, back to thir about 34,000 for individuals and 45,000 for married couples. So we may see a situation where a lot more people are going to be subject to alt-min, something we had been seeing less of as the exemption amount came about. And the question is, can Congress get its act together and uh, at least put that patch, as they say it, or fix in that we were also we were hoping for. Another area that we were hoping for a fix, and again, it's something that people will be affected immediately, at least anyone who's paying Social Security or FICA, is that the last two years we've had a situation where the uh, employee portion of FICA, and this also affected self-employment, was reduced by 2%. Uh, the base, the top base that FICA is subject to is about $110,000. So if Congress does nothing starting on January 1st, the FICA rate will go back to 6.2% from 4.2%. And we're going to see a situation where anyone who's self-employed is going to be paying also 2% more on any income they earn from self-employment or active income above uh, up to 110 of course, that can be mitigated, which for many of our clients we do if you are an employee of an Israeli company, even one uh, company that you own. So we're hoping for that. I think that is going to be something where there's a lot of pressure among a lot of people not to see their paychecks immediately go down on January 1st, those people who are employed by U.S. employers, because... Uh, I don't think any politician wants to live with, with that. But again, this is all going to be part of the same or the bigger package. One of the other things that we've been contending with and trying to figure out where it might be going has to do with the uh, estate and gift tax. Estate and gift tax, as you recall, it's also part of the Bush tax cuts. Because Congress couldn't get its act together in 210, there was actually no estate tax in 210. Uh, 211, 212, after the uh, midterm elections, they decided to actually extend and actually go a little beyond what had been around in 209. And what we have at the moment is an exemption from gift and estate of a little over five, $5.1 million. And uh, if nothing happens, Bush tax cut expires, that exemption will go down to $1 million per U.S. citizen, and the rate will go from 35% back up to 55%. So that's a big change. Now, some people have decided to deal with certainty and just give, take advantage of that expanded gift exclusion exemption of $5.12 million per person, and get rid of those assets, either through outright gifts or giving to a trust, in order to take advantage. Now, the Obama administration has said that they are in favor in some type of modified, that they want to keep the 35%, that they want to maybe go back to the 3.5 million per, per person. And the other thing that I'm hopeful, hopeful that uh, the Congress and Obama will get together, because they seem to be both for it, is the portability of the exclusion exemption, meaning that if one spouse died and the exemption was $5 million or 3.5, if that's what it goes down to, and they only had an estate of one, 
then that $2.5 million that wasn't used by the first spouse to die will get, gets piggybacked and goes to the spouse that survives so they could have a larger exemption. Uh, a state, a state tax attorneys don't like that. It certainly made, made, made more work for them, but it certainly simplified things for the average citizen, and I hope that is a provision that will be around, but at the moment we don't know, and it is going to have to be negotiated. Uh, no one seems to want to go back to the one million, but again, if Congress and Obama stalemate, that is where things are headed. Let's talk a little about uh, corporate tax rates. In the election, the administration was talking about uh, lowering corporate tax rates. The U.S. at the moment, you get to 35% after about the first $100,000 of taxable income. That is probably coming, but that's probably not something we're going to see uh, solved at this, at this point in these few weeks with all the pressures on so many other provisions. But it is certainly something that we may see going forward because it has certainly made the U.S. a less attractive jurisdiction to keep profits, and that is certainly one of the things that President Obama has wanted to do, is to make the U.S. a more attractive place to do business. Now, some things that need to be extended, again, sticking for a moment on the business level, there's been some very generous depreciation provisions where you get write-offs rather than have to wait for things, and these could be dr dramatically falling from over a half a million, 560 to 125, uh, bonus depreciations which could be uh, expiring, and we will keep an eye out on that for you. Some of the things that you may find are more relevant to your lives, what we call extenders, individual tax extenders. In other words, these are, these are extenders, I call them, can be divided into two categories. Extenders that are good candidates for renewal, in other words, that there isn't much light between Obama and Congress, or at least the Republicans, and, and extenders that are on the fence. So, so let's look at the ones that I think are likely to be renewed. Okay, the some of you have been familiar the last couple of years with a deduction or credit for higher education. I think that is probably not going to go by the wayside. The ability to take money out of your IRA and go directly to a charity, that's probably also going to be that's going to, something that's going to be stick around. Uh, some provisions where you can deduct state and local sales tax child tax credit. If that is not extended, it will go down to $500 per child from 1000 now. There's been an extraordinary amount of audits in this area, which has caused people living in Israel to maybe even regret taking the child tax credit. But right now, if it is not extended, uh, it will go down to $500 per child. I sense that that's something that politicians want to be able to wave in front of their younger voters and say, see what I'm doing for you. Some things that are on the fence, not things that really apply to people living in Israel so much, having to do with wind energy, um, efficiency for uh, energy in your homes, um, and things like that but uh, we, w we will keep you posted. Another provision that is going to come into effect starting in 2013 is that uh, people who earn what are called high earners, uh, not from passive, not from investment income, from their work, or even those people who are self-employed, 
again at those same thresholds the two two hundred for single two fifty for married filing jointly will have to pay another point nine percent of Medicare and of course this is very frustrating particularly for people living in Israel but in general for US citizens living outside of the US because Medicare is not you cannot use Medicare outside of the US so it's really feels like an additional income tax uh, and there's no benefit for it down the road so those people are going to be paying almost another percent on that portion of their income be above those thresholds another point I want to make having to do with the uh, Medicare tax or the Obamacare tax as they refer to is that although I've said it applies to just now active income above a certain level and passive investment income a certain level it will not apply to non-resident aliens so any of my listeners who are not US citizens who have let's say invested in US real estate or have some business interests that they will hope to hopefully someday in the future sell at a capital gain uh, you are not going to be subject to this additional 3.8 percent uh, even today you're not going to be subject on any active income any consulting or income that's defined as active in the sense that you for a US citizen would have to pay Medicare or FICA so you that's good news for you if nothing's done or this may be part of the Obamacare I think this is something you can expect uh, the threshold for medical expense we've had it for many years only those medical expenses that exceed seven and a half percent of your income well now we're looking at above ten percent and uh, many of my clients who relocate particularly those in the high-tech area to Silicon Valley have always enjoyed the use of cafeteria plans or uh, health flexible spending arrangements uh, something called the FSAs where you can take out a certain amount of your pre-tax dollars and spend it on things for your health or your child care etc those are being cut back effective January 1st 2013 we're gonna have an exciting uh, six weeks here uh, I'm not sure how much vacation our president is gonna get I don't know how much vacation the speaker of the house John Boehner is gonna get I think there's going to be a lot, a lot of things written on this. Uh, I have also taken upon myself uh, to have a seminar very close to the end of the year. We're calling it the perfect tax storm. It's going to be December 18th in Tel Aviv. Uh, you're all invited to participate. There are limited spaces, and we've already gotten a lot of uh, people signing up, not necessarily people from we're already clients but outsiders we're bringing some very interesting speakers from abroad who not only are we going to talk about the impact of Obamacare the fiscal cliff but we're also going to be talking about OBDI, FATCA and other topics that I feel really need to for the US citizen who's living in Israel today or the US citizen general should know about if they have bank accounts here, if they have assets, it should be a very exciting, interesting event. It's going to go uh, half day. So if you go to our website, www.peacestein.com or our Facebook page, uh, you can sign up. You can go through PayPal or call our office. So I hope this little uh, sharing with you, 20 minutes or so, about what's going on or, or how I look at uh, the post-election in the tax world, and I hope that at least all of us, including our uh, elected representatives, uh, if they get their act together, 
can sit down, work out some compromises that we'll at least know where we're heading for the next couple of years and we don't have to go through with the, through this every couple of years. Um, I look forward to seeing you at the event and if not, have a great week. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.peacestein.com or look for Philip Stein Associates on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Goodbye.